prepare a message. I mean, and then kind of a message came out, but then I was just kind of more exhorting it. So we'll see. Um, the Lord has just been talking to me a lot about being kingdom-minded. Um, really, it's kind of like whatever you're focused on, that's what you're going to achieve, you know, kind of thing. And so the, the Lord wants us to set our minds on things above. In Colossians 3, 1 through 3, I'm going to read it. It says, since you have been raised to a new life in Christ, since you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior... You now have exchanged your life. Your life no longer is your own. You have exchanged your life for his life, the life that he intends for you, okay? And so he says, now that you've made this decision, he says, since you have been raised to this new life in Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Focus on the kingdom of heaven is our job, description, the moment we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Focus on the kingdom of heaven where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. What are we supposed to think on? Think on the things of heaven and not the things of this earth. Or you could say, focus on the things of heaven, the things of the word, the things of the Lord, the things of the kingdom of heaven, the things of the spirit. Focus on these things, not the things of this earth. For you have died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ and God. Um, verse 4, and Christ, who is your life, um, and when Christ, who is your life, is revealed the whole, to the whole world, you will share in his glory. And he goes on and on, and he says, in this new life, it doesn't matter who you are or what your background is. It's just that your job description is now focus. Be kingdom-minded. Focus on the kingdom of heaven. And really, you know, it's what we're focusing on. It's what we're spending our time. That's something the Lord's just kind of been talking to me about too is where do you spend your energy? Where are you spending your time? That is what matters to you. You know, and they might not, these things might not be sin, but it's what you're going to inherit. It's what you're going to receive, what you're spending your time on. So for some, it might be their job. They're going to receive an income. They're going to receive, you know, blessing in that job. For some, it might be their family. You know, they're sowing into their family, and all these things are things that are from the Lord. But he wants us to completely put him first, and so he wants us to sow and spend our time with him. Focus on things above, not on the things of this earth, not just merely on the blessings that he has given us, but on him himself, on he himself. Focus on him. He's seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. Set our affection, our attention, and our time with him. Amen? So I'm sure that if I ask for a raise of hands, or I'll just ask for a raise of hands, um, who here desires to have more of God and more of the kingdom of heaven. Yes, Clayton's like doing a dance back there. He totally does. All right, so all of us desire that. We want that, but it's going to take us spending more time, more energy, because that's what matters to us. Wherever you spend your time, your money, your energy, that's what is important to you. Do you agree with me? 
Right. And so that's why the Lord says, if you sow to this, you're also going to reap from this. Whatever you're sowing to, that's what you're also going to be reaping. And so that's why the Lord told me, he's like, just, this is what you got to do. Because like, I'm like, Lord, I just want it all. I just want every manifestation of the Spirit. I just want to walk in the fullness of what you called a New Testament believer to walk in. I don't want to walk anything shy of everything that you have called us to walk in. <laughs> like, I want it all. And he said, just thrust yourself at my feet. Like, give it all to me. Don't hold anything back. Not a thought, not any time, not anything. Just give it all to me. Focus your attention on me. Don't let anything distract you. Because if you're throwing yourself at the feet of Jesus, your face is down. You're not looking to the right. You're not looking to the left. The enemy cannot distract you if your face is down. <laughs> he cannot distract you with this thing or that thing. He wants us, Matthew, it kind of puts a new light on Matthew 6.33. It says, seek ye first. Or you could say, focus on me first. Put your attention on the kingdom of heaven first and righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. The things of not just this earth, because that's all going to pass away anyways. He's talking about if you want to be a kingdom child of God, walking this earth, um, hosting the presence of God, you're going to have to throw yourself into it. You're going to have to invest the time. Focus First, on the kingdom of heaven. And what's so important to him is righteousness, living to please him. And all those things, gifts of the spirit, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning the spirits, tongues, tongues interpretation, prophecy, gifts of faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, dreams, visions, revelations, visitations, encounters, transes, translations, transportation, everything that's in the word that belongs to us as a New Testament believer is ours. How do we get all these things added unto us? You have to invest the time and focus on the kingdom of heaven. How do you do that? He told me, thrust yourself at my feet. Throw yourself into it. How do I do that? Seek ye first me and my kingdom and my righteousness. And I will add all these things unto you. This is a part of our inheritance to walk in the fullness of the glory of God, to walk in the fullness of his power, to walk as a manifest child of God. It's part of our inheritance. That's why he told his disciples, it's so important that you wait until. Don't be distracted. Seek me first. Seek the kingdom of heaven and live righteously until you be endued with power, until you're so full of me that others will see by demonstration, not just mere words, but by demonstration of the power of my spirit. God wants us to seek his kingdom first. He wants us to be kingdom-minded so that we can become manifest children of God, so that we can, um, not just for our enjoyment as much as we enjoy it, but that we can start operating more in the things of the kingdom of heaven, that we can start operating more and having more dreams and visions and revelations. Why? Because when we have those dreams and visions and revelations, it's not for our enjoyment. Like, it's so exciting to be used by God, but it's to minister to people. 
Every single time I've had a dream, it was a word of knowledge to minister to somebody or a word of warning to help somebody. Every single time I've had a vision, it was God's plan and his purpose. Um, He was laying it out there for me so that I would have the knowledge, his knowledge, of what he wanted in the church or in our lives or whatever. When we seek him first, when we're kingdom-minded, he starts adding these gifts, adding these these, um, operations of the spirit, adding the things of the kingdom of heaven to us. All these things are added to us till we're walking, talking, living, and breathing Jesus. That's what his plan was. In him, in her, I will live and I'll move and I'll have my being. He said it's better that I'm going to go away because I'm going to be in you. What he didn't plan on was us getting so distracted and seeking the things of this earth. He planned on us being so in love with him, so infused with him, so um, desperate for him that we would go after him with everything we got like the disciples did on the day of Pentecost. And it didn't take long. He said... And and I remind him of this. He said, not many days hence. Now understand, they were stuck in a room for, you know, 10 plus days, seeking the face of God. They lay aside all distractions and simply sought the Lord. Now it's going to take longer if you're only giving him an hour a day and you're falling into sin here and there and, and whatever and you're having to confess and he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Thank you, Jesus. But they didn't allow that to happen. They made a decision for 10 plus days to sit in the upper room and wait and with complete focus on the kingdom of heaven and wait until they were endued, so full and clothed with the power of God. That's what happens when someone becomes so focused that they throw themselves at the feet of Jesus. And essentially, that's what they were doing. They were staying focused. They were being kingdom-minded, focused on the things of heaven, not on the things of this earth, because their new life was in Jesus Christ. We have exchanged our life. Our purpose is now his purpose. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Now it's our job description to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. But like the disciples found themselves empty of power, they said, Lord, grant unto us boldness that we may preach your word. Now they had already received the Holy Spirit as many of us have. But they found themselves absent of boldness because they needed a fresh filling, a fresh encounter. So what did they have to do? They went to praying and seeking again, focusing on the kingdom of heaven again. We got to get back to exactly, it's not going to happen any other way because God's no respecter of persons. We have to get back to seeking him first. The kingdom of heaven comes first. His righteousness and living a pure and holy life, one that's acceptable unto God, comes first. If you're wanting to be a manifest child of God, the kind that he had intended in the book of Acts. How many of you believe that miracles haven't been done away with? How many of you believe that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever? That he still desires to operate and live and through his children? 
That's why you're here. Not everybody is that hungry for it. Not everybody is desperate enough to throw themselves into a crowd even though the world says, you know, you're, you're unclean or whatever, and she pushes through the crowd to tug on the hem of Jesus' garment. It takes desperation to lay aside distractions and to lay aside things of this world. Um, it takes desperation to seek him first and throw yourself at him with desperation. There is not one New Testament believer that you read about that has op- is operating in the, the spirit of God and in power and miracle signs and wonders that didn't desperately seek after him to receive the endowment of power. There are those that ha- have received it since, and I believe God wants to do it even more in a greater way in this last day and age, like multitudes getting the, op- the endowment of power. It's just that people have been destroyed for a lack of knowledge, thinking they can live this life, however, and come to church on Sunday, or maybe not even, you know, and watch it on a screen, and uh, no offense, but kind of, because you're going to be lacking something. He's not a respecter of persons. He's not going to give it to the one who's not desperately seeking after him because you don't really, aren't taking it really seriously and how can you be trusted to, to do what he's told you to do? There were more than just the, the disciples that were in the upper room that I'm sure heard him tell them what to do, but only 120 were in the upper room that day seeking and desperately seeking after and waiting upon the Lord for that endowment of power. It's whoever is desperate enough, whoever is focusing on the kingdom and doing the will of the Father that will receive and that will walk in his glory, that will walk in his presence and power in this last day and age. Amen? God wants to be our focus. He wants us to have access to all that the kingdom of heaven offers, but he needs us to be invested When you have an investment somewhere, that means like you're all in. You're all about it. You can't just, you know, forget about it for days on end. You're invested. It's your life. This is what you're about. And Jesus, when he walked this earth, he was our example. And he was invested in his um, purpose here on earth. And I guess what we need to come to understanding is why are we here We need to understand our purpose is not our own selfish desires and what we enjoy. Our purpose is to fulfill what he wants us to do. And Jesus, um, in John 5, 19, this is just coming up a lot in my services. I'm not trying to preach the same message over and over again. But Jesus, the Son of God, only can, he said, the Son can do nothing of himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. Guess what? You can't see what someone's doing unless you're spending time with them, unless you're invested in hanging out with them. How are we going to be able to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, unless we're invested like we just were for a while there, spending time with them and hearing what's on his heart for us to pray, Lord, ignite the fire, ignite the hearts of the people walking into this place. That was the Father's desire. 
So how could I have ever prayed that if I hadn't invested some time, even though it was right in a service, to pray? How could Jesus um, go out and do, or how could we go out and do what the Father's doing if we don't spend time with him and have him reveal to us and show us what he wants to do? We need to be kingdom-minded and not so focused on this earth. If we're going to see miracle signs and wonders, if we're going to see the manifestations of the Spirit of God in and through our lives, we're going to have to be more invested in our own personal time, like we talked about last Wednesday, in intimacy with God. Jesus was invested. He was constantly pulling away. I mean, I love some of the Jesus movies. It shows him having fun, you know, hanging out with the disciples, having a good feast, you know. It's not to say that you don't enjoy life. But he was invested enough to, to respond to when the Holy Spirit's pulling him away to, um, you know, after he feeds the 5,000 plus women and children, he pulls away to a mountaintop and prays, spends all night in prayer. And then he starts, uh, he tells his disciples to go ahead to the other side um, on the boat, and he's like, I'll catch up with you. And they didn't really bother asking him, how are you going to do that? They figured he might come by the next day on another boat or something, you know, and he walks across the water. (laughs) But it was because of his investment in focusing on the kingdom of heaven that he operated out of the kingdom of heaven. We're not greater than our master, If we're going to operate with miracle signs and wonders, if we're going to walk on water, we'll say, if we're going to heal the sick, if we're going to raise the dead, if we're going to cast out devils, we're going to have to invest ourselves in our secret place with the Lord, in intimacy with God, so that when we come out of that place, we're full and manifesting the Spirit of God. Because that's how Jesus did it. He spent time with the Father. He simply got filled up with his presence. And then when he left that secret place, he was full of the Spirit. And then he only did and only spoke what his Father was doing, what his Father was saying. He said, the Son can do nothing by himself. And isn't it true? We've probably tried. We've probably got minimal results. And we're, you know not discounting laying hands in the sick and seeing them recover and, and seeing a headache healed here or there or a back healed or there, and that's exciting. But there are greater results to be had. It's the measure that we are holding that we're going to see. Jesus had the spirit without measure because he invested everything. He gave his life. He laid down his life to do what the Father wanted him to do. Are we? Are we laying our life down? Are we thrusting ourselves at the feet of Jesus to do his will? Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. I mean, it kind of gives it a whole new light. Literally, Lord, not my will today. What's your will? Let yours be done. Lord, fill me up. Fill me up with your spirit and your grace. Show me what it is you want to do today. And Lord, not my will, but let yours be done on earth as it is in heaven. You could just write this down. I just jotted it down. But Luke 10, 38 through 42 is the story of Mary and Martha. 
And uh, Martha's busy, you know, as many of us are. And, and, and like I said, it's not always something negative. You could be busy about cleaning and, and busy about uh, uh, serving in the church and busy about um, working for your family and, and all that, and that's fine. But Martha took the time. I mean, Jesus, I mean, Mary took the time to sit at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus is getting scolded or, you know, told by Martha, Lord, correct her. She's not helping me. And he's like, Martha, Martha, you know, bless you for what you've done, but Mary has chosen the wiser thing, and it shall not be taken away from her. When we invest time in sitting at the feet of Jesus and studying and hearing his word, you're going to receive something that is not taken away from you. When we invest time in things in this world, Jesus said, none of that matters. He said, focus on the kingdom of heaven. Your real life is now hidden in Christ. Don't focus on the things of this earth. Martha was so concerned about the natural things, and she was forgetting to invest herself in the spiritual things. We need to make sure that we become kingdom-minded and realize that when we focus on the kingdom and do things for the kingdom and let him fill us so that we can be children of God and operate from the kingdom like Jesus did, that is rewards in heaven that will not be taken away from us. Isn't that good? Yes, I love that. Um, he just gave me that right before the service. Um, and then Luke 2.49, I love this he's so young, he's probably like your age, 10, 12 years old, and uh, they're going to, to the city, and, and they're headed back, I think they're headed back home at this point, Mary and Joseph and their whole crew and their whole uh, family, they're going to worship, and, and they're headed back, and uh, they're just assuming Jesus is with the rest of the crew. And then they realize a couple days later he's not with them. So they go back searching for him and searching for him. And they finally find him in the temple and he's teaching the teachers. <laughs> he's teaching, you know, the Pharisees and he's teaching them. And they're, they're, they're dumbfounded at how smart and how knowledgeable he is of the word. And uh, his parents come and they, they correct him. And they're like, why did you do this to us? You caused us so much fear. You know, probably like any parent probably would. And he's like, didn't you know I would be doing what the Father has called me to do? Didn't you know I would be fulfilling the purpose for which I'm here? You know, his mind was so kingdom-minded that he didn't even think to let his parents know. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to be over here in the temple for a few days preaching the word of God to these people who think they know the word of God. He was so kingdom-minded. He was so focused on what his purpose was. He threw himself into it that it didn't even phase him that the natural things, you know, he, of the natural things he might be kind of neglecting. But it didn't matter because that was his purpose. That's for that's the reason he had come. 
I thought that was really cool. So that right from an early age, he was busy doing his father's business. And that's what we need to be doing, investing ourselves in doing the father's business. And in the meantime, he will be, he will, you know, it's like seek ye first and he'll add all these things unto you. I love that new light that he gave me that he's going to add the things of the kingdom of heaven unto us. But it's also natural. He's going to add the things that we would have been caring about in this world. He'll just while we're busy seeking his kingdom, he's going to take care of us. He's going to add things to us that is going to be, you know, the means, the means that we need and, and, the, and the peace that we need and the joy that we need and the grace and strength that we need to do the natural things if we'll keep seeking him first. Hallelujah. Proverbs 19.21, he says, Many are the plans of a man's heart. But it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. That means, you know, you can be, like Colossians is talking about in 3, um, you can be focused on the things of this earth all you want, and, and you can accomplish some things, but ultimately, those who are focused on the kingdom of heaven and his purpose, those are the things that are going to prevail. Those are the things that are going to last that will not be taken away from us, like Mary. The things that we do for the Lord. And that's like what my dad said in, in his last words to us. He kept saying, just focus on God. That's all that matters. Just focus on the kingdom. All you do for the kingdom, that's all that matters. And he's right. It is all that matters is what we do for the Lord. That's what he's taking into the account is what we do for Jesus. That's why he said, Focus on things above. Focus on the kingdom of God. That's why Jesus, we see his life was so focused. It's not just because of who he was. It's because of his purpose. And the Lord says, many are the plans of men's hearts. But those who focus on him, those who focus on the kingdom of God, the Lord's purpose is the one that will prevail. It's the one that will continue to succeed. I love this Jeremiah 29 11. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you, the purpose that I have for you. They're plans to prosper you and not to harm you. They're plans to give you a future and a hope. So these are, these are God's plans for us. However, you're not going to walk in those plans unless you're focused on his kingdom. Because he orders the footsteps of the righteous. They're ordered of the Lord. But how are you going to follow the Lord in, in his leading unless you're hearing what he's saying? Jesus followed what the Father was doing and, and spoke what the Father was saying because he was invested in the secret place. He was invested in spending intimate time with the Father. And so what I'm saying here is God knows the plans he has for you, but it's not an automatic. You have to be kingdom-minded and be hearing what the Father is saying and seeing what he is doing. And in order to do that, you need to be invested like Jesus was. You have to be spending time with him to hear what he's saying. He says the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. When we hear him say, I want you to do this. I want you to be a preacher. 
I want you to, to share the love of God. I want you to sow into those who are homeless or whatever it is he's put a passion and desire to do for the kingdom of heaven. It's going to be up to you to set your hand to some things to accomplish that. You're going to have to let your footsteps be ordered to the Lord. You're going to have to follow him. But in order to hear him say it at first, you're going to have to hear him. And where's that going to be? In his presence, in that secret place. And that's how, that's how Jesus lived his life every day. He heard what his father was saying and saw what his father was doing. He was so focused on his purpose and on the kingdom of heaven, he knew that the only way he was going to be a success was if he went and spent time with the Father. We need to be so determined and desperate that we have to find out what God's doing today, that we need to spend time with him. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> what happens when we do this? It's kind of like Joshua 1.8. He says, I will make your way prosperous, and I will make you a good success. When you're obedient and you hearken to the voice of the Lord and you listen to what he's doing and saying, you're spending time with him, and you're not only just hearing what he's saying, but you're applying it to your life. I will make your way prosperous, and I will make you a good success. Brother Hagen said that, um, you know, he became well off and it wasn't because of the ministry. It was because God kept showing him when he was in that secret place where to invest, where to give, where to sow, where to put his money. Because God knows it all. God knows what you need to be doing. Amen. God knows better than knows better than us. He knows knows where the market is. He knows, you know, like we bought a house two years ago, and and the Lord tells us to sell it. Why? I loved my house because He knows where the money is. He knows where where He wants you to invest, where He wants you to buy, where He wants you to sell. Amen. So, focusing on God and His Word and His kingdom, He makes you a good success. Both in his kingdom, you start operating as a success in his kingdom, and in the natural. He adds all these things unto you. He takes care of you. He provides for you. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians real quick. Chapter 6. Verses 19 and 20, he says, Don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? In other words, another version says, Don't you realize that you are not your own? You do not belong to yourself, for God has bought you with a high price. In other words, like Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, You now have this new life. You were bought with that price. You accepted what Jesus did for you upon the cross. Now your new life is in Christ. And he's saying the same thing here, essentially. Your body no longer belongs to yourself. It was bought with this high price. You don't belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So now he wants you to honor him with your body. Or you could say, with your life. 
He wants you to seek him first. He wants you to focus on the kingdom of heaven. And and let me just say this. We're not going to be missing out on a thing. That's where the world has it wrong. And that's where even believers who are falling away into sin have it wrong. They feel like they're missing out on something. So they dabble here and dabble there. Really what they're missing out on is being used by God and being a vessel fit for his use. He tells us to be holy as he is holy. He tells us to to be a vessel ready and fit for his use, to be a clean vessel. I remember talking about Ashton and him doing the dishes. We have a dishwasher now in this new house. But he would do the dishes and he would leave um, the forks and spoons and things really crusty. You would know who did the dishes. (laughs) Because they would take turns. They were my little dishwashers and that was a chore of theirs. God doesn't want to, who wants to use a dirty dish? Nobody. God doesn't want to use filthiness. And really, if you think about it, that's what he's talking about. How gross is it to use something that's all crusted over? It's gross. Well, that's why God says, be a vessel. A utensil, he even says. Pure and holy and fit for the master to use you. That's why he says in Matthew 6, Seek ye first his kingdom and, he doesn't leave out, his righteousness. God's gifts and callings are without repentance, sure. That means that the minute you straighten back up, you can be used by him again. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have a big impact upon this world while in the middle of sin. He still wants to use you. That's the gifts and callings of God that are without repentance. He still wants to use you. His plans for you are still to prosper you, not to harm you. They're still to give you a future and a hope. But you got to realign yourself with his will. you got to be living in righteousness and be a vessel fit, clean, for the master to use you. How are you going to get that way? So to the Spirit. Walk in the spirit, he says, and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Let me just say this. Like I said, you're not missing out on anything. The more time you spend with God, the more experiences that you're going to have with him, the more you're going to hear his voice and see in the spirit. It's going to become a lot more exciting and appealing than anything in this world has to offer. Because the Lord says sin is fun for a moment, and that's the appealingness that, that it gives for people. But then they, they wake up with headaches. They're puking. Their, their organs are, hurt, are hurting. They're dealing with, you know, the, the recompense later for it. God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to live a holy and pure life, the kind that's acceptable so that we can be used by God for his glory. How is that going to take place? Being kingdom-minded. That was where Jesus' heart was and his mind was on a daily basis. And it's really not hard. Spending time with him is just simply coming into his presence with thanksgiving and praise. Spending time in his presence and just soaking there and letting him fill you up. Sowing to the Spirit by praying in the Holy Spirit. Meditating and reading the Word of God. These are not difficult things he asks of us. 
And if we would do that, if we would renew our mind with the word, if we would sow to the spirit, we would become strong. The Bible says in Jude 2.20, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. When I used to teach the youth, I used to always say it's like pumping spiritual iron. You become a muscular person in the Lord. Tell the devil doesn't want to deal with you anymore because he sees you're a spiritual giant. I used to have this weird thing, and, and it randomly happened to me, but um, I, might, I might sound crazy, but I think Lisa said that she's experienced it too. But um, where I'd be praying in the spirit, and all of a sudden, it, it was really weird, but like my, my human me would feel like real tiny, like, I, like me, but all of a sudden, the outside of me would feel like I blew up like the marshmallow man in Ghostbusters, like huge. I would feel it happen. And it would be, every time I'd be praying in the spirit, this would happen where I'd feel this, like, in, this enormous person. But the Lord showed me that that's spiritual. That's who you become, a spiritual giant, when you're praying in the Holy Spirit. You're pumping that spiritual iron, and you're literally, like, blowing up in the spirit. you got to have a visual, then take that one. <laughs> because you're becoming strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You're investing time into the kingdom of heaven so that you don't sow to the flesh, so that you can be a utensil fit for the master to use you. It's just a matter of doing what he said to do, meditating on the word, praying in the Holy Spirit, spending time in that secret place. And for me, he says, just thrust yourself and throw yourself at the feet of Jesus. Have the heart and mindset that nothing else matters. But to please him. But to do what the Father's saying. And just, I mean, say what the Father's saying and do what the Father's doing. Amen? He says, throw yourself at my feet. Focus your attention on me and I will give you above and beyond all you could ever hope or ask for. So like, that's what he said to me. And he, so you're not missing out on anything. He's going to give you above and beyond what you could have ever asked for in this earth. You're going to have more if you'll invest your time in him, your attention on him. So much takes place in the spirit when you make a decision in your heart to be focused on the kingdom. Amen. I remember, like I shared before, I, in desperation, and, I, and now I realize why it happened, because he says, call on me in your day of trouble. When someone's in their day of trouble and they call on him, they're doing what? They're calling on him in desperation. Like, nothing else matters. I don't care what I look like. I'm just crying out to you, you know, and I call on him my day of trouble, and Jesus shows up in front of me and says these words. He says, just focus on me, and I'll take care of the rest, and I mean, it was like within weeks, he took care of everything, and out of desperation comes encounters with him, and I know that for a fact that it's happened a n numerous amount of times. It's desperately seeking him. And that one, it was desperate because I needed, an, I needed intervention. But it might be desperate just to want more of him. You're so desperate that you're, you're so hungry that nothing's satisfying you enough. And you're just going after him with everything you got. 
That is seeking after him with your whole heart and you will, I will be found by you, says the Lord. It's in the word. It's a promise of God if it's in the word. Amen? So Isaiah, this is the last scripture, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, he says, His ways are high above our ways. His thoughts that he has for us, they're so much bigger than our thoughts. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But basically, we got to get our mindset off the things of this world because God's ways for us and his plans for us are to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a future and a hope above and beyond what we could prepare for ourselves. Remember, many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose, which is above what, he, what we want for ourselves, he wants even more for us. His ways are above our ways, so then we would be better off focusing on his ways and on his kingdom and on his righteousness because then all these things that he has for us would be added unto us. Isn't that good? That's good. So, Father, we just thank you. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray that you would realign our hearts and minds, Lord, to be focused upon you, to set our affection and our attention upon you, Lord, that you would lead and guide and position us by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to lead, guide, and position us to seek your face, to seek how we need to seek, to go after you how we individually need to go after you, to focus on the kingdom of heaven how we need to focus on the kingdom of heaven. God, we just seek your face right now. And we just ask you to lead, guide, and direct our footsteps, direct our attention and our affections to you, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to add all these things unto us. We're going to start operating more and more. You're moving us, Lord, from glory to glory and changing us into your image and into your likeness as we spend time with you. I thank you, God, Lord, that, that we're going to mirror you, that you're going to live and move and have your being in us because we're with you. I thank you, Father. I ask you to purify our hearts our minds, purge us, Holy Spirit, of anything that would hinder you and fill us up and clean us so that we're a vessel, a utensil fit for you to use. In the name of Jesus. I'm just going to go ahead and pray for our tonight's tithes and offerings. And Father, I just...